Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. At the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to a bonus podcast from our November luncheon featuring Matt Pinnell. Matt is a proud Oklahoman who has devoted his professional career to advancing our conservative causes and principles. Matt has served as the Oklahoma Republican Party chairman and national state party director at the Republican National Committee. Matt and his wife, Lisa, are also entrepreneurs starting a business in their kitchen from their Tulsa home. Now, the Pinnell's homegrown venture has turned into a successful international business. Let's tune into Matt and listen to his message to young business leaders. Appreciate you. Thank you. Matt Moore, everybody. Um, so, Matt, I do speak all over this state, and, and I'm here, I'm kind of like that Guinness Book of World Records guy that shows up to, to hand the award to, this is officially the best club in Tulsa. Uh, I would say the best lunch club in the state. So Matt Moore, thank you for, I mean, this is, and I, I, I really mean that. Uh, what you're doing here is pretty special. Uh, and, and it's not just a lunch meeting, it is, as you said, connecting uh, uh, world changers with those members and, and those pictures. Um, we don't change this city, we don't change this state if we don't have people that, that stand up that, hey, I've got an idea of doing something like this. And, and I know you, uh, you, maybe you envisioned it being something like this one day, but uh, the sky's the limit now, man. So thank you and, and, and for those leaders that helped, uh, helped him start this. Well, let me, a, a little bit more of, of my background. Again, I'm a Tulsa boy, uh, grew up here. Uh, Lee Elementary to Wilson Middle School to Metro Christian Academy. Any Metro Patriots? Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. A couple of Metro Patriots. From Metro to, yes, the Oral Roberts University, uh, who has the base, best baseball team in the state uh, of Oklahoma. Uh, that's what we got, guys, is baseball, okay? We don't have the football team, so we like to throw it in, you know, if you're a Sooner or a Cowboy, we throw it in your face a little bit. Just give it, give that to us, at least. Uh, uh, but uh, went from ORU, and when I was at ORU, uh, started doing this politics thing. Uh, for the last 17 years, you know, I, I can kind of look back, the doors that, that got open for me and closed. Uh, but when I was in college, worked for a guy named James Mountain Inhoff. His middle name is Mountain. Uh, yeah, that's your new trivia question. Senator Inhoff, his middle name is Mountain. Uh, I interned for him uh, in his Tulsa office and met a field representative who said, hey, you need to go meet somebody that I think you'd really get along with. Uh, and so I showed up at a, a coffee in Broken Arrow uh, for a gentleman that was running for Congress and was totally blown away by this gentleman and said, I would love to get people like that elected to office. And that man was Scott Pruitt, uh, who is now draining a swamp up in Washington, D.C. Uh, he became a mentor of mine uh, for a number of years. Uh, a, a couple other mentors, uh, Steve Largent, uh, who I'm sure you know that name, uh, as well as Tom Coburn. So I was very spoiled early on, uh, working for some real godly men that were in it for the right reasons and then got out of it and went back into the private sector. 
uh, and uh, I was real spoiled uh, early on through that process. Went to Washington, D.C. for a few years, uh, came back to run uh, the state party. It's a big passion of mine to kind of get that next generation uh, of leaders involved in the party. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or independent, you should hope to do that as well. Uh, I, I'm trying to do it in my party, the conservative Republican Party, and here's a reason why. Uh, and this st statistic should scare all of us, but should also be, hopefully, uh, something that we should strive for. 40% of all eligible voters in this country in less than two years are millennials. Not 4%, <laughs> not 14%, but 40% of all eligible voters in this country in less than two years are millennials. And if you're a Republican, we're not getting those voters. If you're a Democrat, you're not getting those voters right now. Because when I was the state chairman in 2010, we'd be giving high fives every month because Republicans were out registering Democrats four to one, five to one. I mean, we just thought we were the best thing ever. Now in this state, you have independents out registering Democrats almost every month. And they're getting very close to out registering Republicans every month. It's something for every single person in this room to realize this state is changing. We are the reddest state in the country. Sure, great. Pat us all, you know, we pat, our, pat ourselves on the back if you're Republican. But those independent voters, as they are doing in other states, are starting to be the difference maker in general elections. That's certainly how Donald Trump was elected president, which that's not my speech today. Uh, nor can I write a book because I signed a non-disclosure form. But I can tell you a couple stories if you want. Uh, I'm going to leave some time for some questions. But as I traveled around, after I was state chairman, met a guy named Reince Priebus. Uh, who, uh, yes, was Donald Trump's chief of staff until Trump didn't want him to be chief of staff anymore. He's doing just fine. Uh, he sends his, uh, his regards. Still a very good friend of mine. After that 2012 election cycle, he said, hey, you've done a great job in Oklahoma. Help come run this thing with me at the RNC. So the last four years, I've been in every state in the country. Uh, didn't leave Oklahoma, just flew out of our Tulsa International Airport uh, every week. Uh, which I know a lot of you all do the same thing, which I love that airport and show up 15 minutes before the, the plane leaves. I don't want to be in Dallas. I don't want to be in Houston. I want to be Tulsa American. Can I get an amen? <laughs> 15 minutes, I'm on that plane. I'm good to go. But I would get on a plane almost every Monday. Reince would say, hey, the Arkansas GOP is burning to the ground. Go fix it. Florida, we got all this infighting happening. You better go fix it. We're not going to elect a Republican president. And so we would sit down, we'd go in, and I'd have to identify a problem very quickly. We'd sit around at tables just like this. I'd put a business plan together for these state parties, and we'd fix them. Because again, whether you, regardless of what party you are in, these state parties that run our campaigns and recruit our candidates and put money behind it, they are small businesses. I mean, the Florida GOP is about a $20 million a year operation, folks, as a swing state. Oklahoma on the low end is about a 2 to $3 million a year operation. These are small businesses. They should be run like small businesses, and most of them are not. They're dysfunctional messes. <laughs> And Reince knew that and said, well, we are never going to elect a Republican president if we don't get that straight. And so for the four years, we did a lot of this with very little to no fanfare. We went around and rebuilt state parties so that the day that Trump walked through the front doors of our headquarters with three people in a Twitter account, and I'm serious, that's what the guy had after getting through 15, 16 candidates, he was able to plug into 50 very well-run state parties. The Democrat Party was not. So it's just something that I mentioned up front because, yes, I was doing politics, but I was really doing the business part of politics, going in and making state parties kind of function as small businesses and getting people around a table, solving problems, and bringing people together. 
But as I did that, I started getting an itch to run for office myself. And a big reason why, specifically for lieutenant governor, is I would do a lot of this. I mean, we'd fix problems, but I was kind of the ambassador for the RNC. I was kind of the guy that, that showed up and said, hey, it's going to be different this time. We're actually going to win this thing. And when I would do this and I would stand up, and, and many of you in this room will, will understand this, uh, that travel around this country, I would stand up and I would say, I am Matt Pinnell and I am from Oklahoma, right? And there would be one or two people in the back of the room would start laughing when, when I would say that I was from Oklahoma. I, I mean, no joke. Or when I would be introduced by someone, it wasn't a real nice introduction like that. They'd tell some dumb joke about Oklahoma, right? Teepees and tornadoes or, or what have you. And I started, I would laugh along, right? Uh, after I would get done giving my speech, it was actually far worse than having a negative brand. It was that we had no brand whatsoever. People would come up to me after and they'd say, hey, you're from Oklahoma, tell me. Tell me about your, this, this magical state that you see, Oklahoma in the middle of the country. Never been there. Don't ever plan on visiting either. I, it told me a couple things. We had no brand, which, mean, which meant a couple things. People were not, were not going to visit the state and spend their tourism dollars, which is a big deal, by the way. Tourism is economic development, and we should be killing it with tourism dollars. And number two, if they were an employer, they certainly weren't going to look at Oklahoma as a place to relocate. If they knew nothing about the state, didn't know we had running water and tall buildings, premier cities of Americans, and great small towns as well. They had no clue. And so it started giving me an itch, that itch that all of us, these crazy people, and believe me, I own it, uh, that want to get in this arena, uh, this political arena, uh, amen, uh, we do need good people in this arena. But I started getting that itch for lieutenant governor, not for any other position. I wasn't shopping around uh, because it's really the sales and marketing position for the state. You're the salesman for the state, kind of the economic development director for the state, and you help run the tourism department. And so for the last five or six months, we've been going around this state and talking to people just like you about the issues that affect your businesses every day. And I want to share a couple of these things with you today. I will end on an optimistic note, but I want to start certainly with the, some of the problems that we have in this state uh, that center around kind of workforce development. And I, and I think a lot of you all will see some of these. You know, I put up kind of this nice pretty picture first. But I, I, you kind of got a tease of, the, of that second photo. Matt, flip the slide. Uh, th this is really, when I go into businesses, I, I get a lot of this. I was told there would be jobs, or when I'm talking to people on the street, uh, they love this state. They don't want to leave this state, but they're looking for that job. As I say a lot, the leading goal of government policies at our state capital should be private sector job growth, and it's not. <laughs> I think you all know that. We debate a lot of issues in this state, we follow little shiny objects that don't have anything to do with the fundamental, how do we create more taxpayers in this state? We get more taxpayers in this state. We have more uh, money in that pot for education, roads and bridges and healthcare, core services that need to be a priority. I get it. But it's very hard when, we, when what has happened in the last two years. We lose 21,000 oil and gas jobs. Don't forget that, okay, with, with this debate going down at the state capitol. Fundamentally, the biggest thing that we've had to deal with is we've lost 21,000 oil and gas jobs, and we are not a diverse state. We're, we are not nearly as diverse as we should be as a state, jobs-wise. I want oil and gas 24-7, 365. Don't get me wrong, and that's not going to change because we got rocked to frack, thank goodness, in this state. But we better get more diversified, folks, because God forbid we lose another 10,000 oil and gas jobs on top of what we've had, and we're going to be in a real dark place.
So this is a story, an article in the Tulsa World that everyone here needs to read. And some of you all may have read this, and, and I'm sure I will see a lot of heads nodding because you, you all get this as small business owners. But it's a Tulsa World article from October 11th, 2017, that really talked about the fundamentally what the issue that we have in this, in this state. And it's really a skills gap that we have. Uh, the gap between what employers need and the skills of the workforce is growing in this state which isn't good. You've got about 60,000 unfilled jobs in the state. 18,000 of them are deemed critical to growing the economy. 81,000, again, is about our number of unemployed statewide right now. And this, again, this is pretty, pretty uh, current because this was just about a month ago. 55% of those jobs considered middle skill, meaning these are your technical manufacturing jobs. Again, some of those jobs that do not require a four-year degree. But if we, can, if we did a better job in this state of, of connecting people out of high school to our VoTech and career tech system, I mean, and you all get this, they're making $70,000, $80,000 right, right out of those career tech and VoTech systems. But since that GI Bill, a lot of what we've done is what? We've pushed the four-year education. That's great if you want to do college. But we've, we've, we've really seen this skill gap grow since then because you don't have employers now that are working on apprenticeship programs. So 55%, 47% of workforce trained for middle class jobs. So this, again, current estimate, a 23% point gap between the current workforce and the skilled workforce. That's a problem. And it's, it's fundamental to what our problems are in this state. And this right here is what we should be debating on the floor of the state house and the state senate. And we will, believe me, believe me, one way or the other, we will. Because we have to have a tax base. Broken Arrow is now the fourth largest city in the state. Think about that. Fourth largest city in the state is now Broken Arrow. And I've talked to their leaders over there. I've, I've gone, you know, because again, I'm a Tulsa boy. I grew up in Tulsa. Broken Arrow used to not be the fourth largest city in the state. If you grew up in Tulsa, you know what Broken Arrow used to be. You're the fourth largest city in the state. We have 77 counties in the state. If you did not know that, that's your other trivia question. We got a lot of, a lot of real estate. And Broken Arrow is now the fourth largest. And I've gone in and I've talked to their leaders, and they've said, listen, Matt, our goal when we started putting a, a vision together and a plan together, we wanted to hit a bunch of singles and doubles. I mean, it, we, we look to those entrepreneurs and those small business owners in Broken Arrow, homegrown talent that we could go after. And how do we help you hire one more person, two more people? Uh, they pulled some companies, yes, out of uh, uh, Arkansas and Kansas, small companies. They were going after singles and doubles. We're not doing that either. A lot of times in states, and this is a, an issue across the country that I've seen, is again, we follow that shiny object and we go after the one or two you know, major companies that are looking to relocate, uh, which is great. I'm fine with, with doing it. We certainly heard a little bit of that from our mayor in the city that was going after Amazon. If he locks that down, I'm sure he'll be the mayor for the rest of his life if he wants to be. Uh, who cares about term limits? Uh, but what we've got to do a better job of, it's a two-lane, man. We have got to be going after those singles and doubles. And there's a lot of singles and doubles in this room that, that are just looking to help hire one more person, two more people. And again, our small business being one of them, which I will speak to. So the bottom line, again, these are quotes from this article. If you do not know Shelly at Workforce Tulsa, you need to meet her because she knows all about these issues. And again, this was an article that was trying to get, it was a wake-up call in a lot of ways. We have people who have skills who are not working, and we have jobs that are available, but the people who have the skills don't have the right skills for the job. 
that's, that's the long and short of it. Uh, and again, it's people like you and I in rooms like this that have got to realize this, this, is, uh, this is absolutely something. That 10 years from now, if we're in a better position, it's because we address this. And I love this quote. One thing we have to do as an education, as an economy, is provide more ways for people to continue to reinvent themselves. Reinvent themselves. Uh, and again, a lot of what we have done really since that GI Bill, again, college, 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 which employers then, they had great trained workforce that way. And so you had employers across the country that really stopped apprenticeship programs because they didn't need to do them. And when you didn't need to do them, then there was this gap, this real big skills gap. Uh, and it was really the perfect storm of what we have seen for sure in Oklahoma. When times were good is really where we made our mistake in this state. When times were good, we should have started thinking, hey, guess what? You know what? We don't really have a great apprenticeship program in this state. Uh, there's a great program in Kentucky that I'm really talking a lot about on the campaign trail. Uh, it's called KY Fame. Uh, probably the best apprenticeship program in the entire country. 98% of the kids that go through that through high school are getting a job, again, starting about seventy dollars or $80,000 a year in Kentucky. And Kentucky cannot beat us, folks. I mean, you know, a lot of what we've done the last eight years and politicians in the state is we beat up on Texas. Put Texas aside for a second. We're getting beat by Arkansas. Arkansas. If you're from Arkansas, I apologize, but that's the state I usually beat up on. Kansas, Arkansas. I mean, we're, they're, they're doing loops and circles around Oklahoma now. We focused on Texas. And again, dream big, think big. I get it. I love it. But we can't get beat by Arkansas and Kansas. 1,400 emergency teaching, teaching certificates. And you get that. We got a lot of those teachers teaching across. They live here and they go teach over there too. Workforce development has got to be fundamental to what we do moving forward. So the good news, <laughs> okay? You, you know the problem, and I think you all agree that that, that, that is a, a problem, and fundamentally, any elected official that you look to, I hope that you would ask them those questions, because it better be a priority for them. The good news is, is from an entrepreneur perspective, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs in this room, we are, a, we are absolutely on the radar for, as, as far as entrepreneurial growth. This uh, was another uh, article that came out just last week, actually. Uh, the Kauffman Index of Growth Entrepreneurship was released this month based on the, the Sooner State ranked among the top 10 for entrepreneurial growth in the nation's 25 smallest states. That's a big, big deal. We have a lower than average cost of energy, land, and employees, and that sells. So as a state, you know, we've got to look at what do we have a lot of, what are we good at, uh, and, and really, really sell that. And again, uh, cost of energy is very low here. We have a lot of land. <laughs> we got a lot of land. Uh, for, for employers that are looking to relocate. And we do have employees. Again, they're not trained. I just left a signing ceremony this morning over at Nordam. Uh, Hastings Siegfried, part of the Siegfried family, he is my campaign chairman. And they just did a joint signing agreement with China Airlines this morning, which is a huge deal. Uh, Going to create thousands of, of more employees down at Nordam. But he tells me, Matt, we, at any day down at Nordam, I have 200 job openings. So when, when people say, you know, we, there's no job, there's, there's job openings, but there's two problems. I can't, I can't find anybody to pass a drug test, and they're not trained. And, and, and these are manufacturing jobs at Nordam. It's one of the best companies in the entire country, first off. Uh, these are, again, jobs that are high-paying jobs, high-paying jobs. Uh, and 
the good news, again, from an entrepreneur perspective, the broken arrow examples of them hitting singles and doubles, we have an opportunity moving forward to create a state. Uh, if we can change the value proposition, some of the things that are going on down at that state capital, to where we will continue to be a great state for entrepreneurs that want to grow a business here and then stay here. So it is Global Entrepreneur Week. <laughs> if you didn't know that, welcome to Global Entrepreneur Week uh, in Tulsa. Uh, there are opportunities every night this week uh, for you to go to hear from business leaders that have built companies. Uh, Paula Marshall Chapman with Bama Pie is doing this uh, downtown this evening. I can get you that website. It's actually 30, 36 degrees north uh, is the, the uh, organization that's helped putting this on. And if you've not, have you all heard of 36, who all here has heard of, 30, okay, good, good, I'm glad you have. So I hadn't until about, you know, a year or two ago, um, and I went down, just randomly went down, it, it, it blew me away. Uh, the resources, uh, the mentoring opportunities, uh, the best practices, I mean, literally someone with an idea can walk off the street and walk into the headquarters uh, at 36 degree north and have a a number of resources as well as individuals that they can connect with. Uh, a lot of states don't have this. I mean, for us to be able to connect this then to our VoTech and CareerTech system, which is some of the best in the country, by the way. I mean, our, the infrastructure that we have with that, most states would dream to have. So if we're able to connect those dots, and again, it's a big problem in our state over the last 10 to 15 years, we've done a very poor job of connecting these dots. Uh, and with some of these, and that's why I'm really trying to push these. Uh, but 36 Degrees North is putting on, again, it's Global Entrepreneur Week. Uh, it's a great place to go for resources. Uh, if you have an idea, it's a great, uh, uh, certainly a great place to, to connect with people as well. The other thing that I'm very proud of in this state, unfortunately, it took us, this was just launched in 2015. And again, I, I am, I, I'm very transparent about recognizing that when Republicans got all the keys to the castle, we should have fixed some of those problems about 10 years ago. Why it took us till 2015 to create this Oklahoma Works program, I don't know. But all I know is I'm, as Lieutenant Governor, I'm gonna champion it. Because what this does, again, go to this website, check this out, it's a fantastic resource for veterans, it's a fa fantastic resource for anyone in the state, it connects the dots. It's finally that organization, it's state-run, that connects all the dots. State's workforce resources, connecting employees, em, uh, employers, employees, and job seekers. I mean, think about this. You wonder why we're not creating a whole lot of jobs. And we didn't have this. The state of Oklahoma didn't have this before 2015, folks. I mean, that was just a couple years ago. Uh, and again, when times were good and it was all rainbows and unicorns in this state, uh, and, we, and we had a bunch of money, is when elected officials of both parties have got to sit down, breathe for a second, and say, hey, we better build for the future. What do we want to be as a state? And we really haven't gone through that process in a very long time. These budget deficits are forcing us now to have that conversation. Unfortunately, it took us to this point to have that conversation. But please go to, again, Oklahoma Works. It's a, it's a great website. Uh, it's starting to work. Uh, you know, we're hearing this from the VoTech and CareerTech systems uh, and, and the high schools around this state. You know, the unions and the jinx, they've been doing it for a while. Uh, and, but we have got to make, again, we have 77 counties, we have high schools in every one of those counties, and we've got to make sure that we continue to connect those dots. So this is us, uh, as far as the small business uh, that, that we run, uh, as Matt mentioned, you know, my wife came to me about four years ago, said, babe, I got this crazy idea, uh, I, we need to go borrow a shopping cart. 
Uh, so we went and borrowed a shopping cart. I don't know where it was. It was off Memorial somewhere. We put it in the back of our car. It sat in the middle of our kitchen for about four years. We have four kids, so it's not like our house. I mean, you know, we're, we're pretty real, okay? Uh, so having a shopping cart in the middle of the kitchen for us was like kind of normal. Uh, so, you know, we, we have kids. Shopping with kids is a nightmare, as we all know. Uh, and, and she had this idea. We both tinkered around with it, uh, patented it a couple years ago. It is now known as the Binksy Baby Shopping Cart Hammock. Uh, we have a number of employees in South Tulsa, huge warehouse. I mean, I remember the days just a few years ago when we were packaging these up in our kitchen, kitchen from the living room, living room to the garage. I mean, I haven't parked my car in the garage for like six years. And now we're in a big warehouse in South Tulsa, number of employees. Uh, it's one of the top baby shower gifts uh, every month on Amazon. And so uh, we are well aware uh, of Amazon and, and the highs and lows of doing business with them as well. Um, uh, in Bye Bye Baby, in Peekaboo, we're in thousands of boutiques uh, and now are, are really expanding uh, the product line as well. So I'm in the baby product manufacturing business. I never thought I would be four years ago, but we are. I mean, again, the, the, the roads that you go down. And I was walking into campaigns events with Donald Trump when my wife was calling me about our hammocks. So listen, man, we, we go in a whole lot of different directions uh, in our family. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Certainly proud of my wife, Lisa. Uh, and if you need a baby shower gift, this is certainly it. But I will tell you this, again, with this idea that we had, and, and you know this, for, for those of you that have started a business, the state did very little to nothing for me to help start this. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> the state right now, I'm getting, the, the only thing that the state does for me, they create headaches for me uh, is running this business. Uh, and as lieutenant governor, it's my job to go around the state and say, hey, you run a small business, what are we doing wrong, what are we doing right? Some of it is just doing this, stepping away as a state, uh, and, and we have the same issues federally. But just know that, that the lieutenant governor is the small business advocate on the governor's cabinet. Uh, and, and on day one, we would be ready for that job because running this, again, it was, it was easy for us to get it started. We didn't need the state, but now the state should be an advocate uh, because we don't want to leave. Uh, to go do this in another state uh, that's easier to do business in. And this, I'll leave you with this quote. Uh, I could definitely write a book about that governor's race from 2001. Uh, you know, Steve Largent, a lot of us in this room know uh, the golden boy, uh, Steve Largent, that was just supposed to walk into that race. Uh, there were a number of things that, that uh, I could put in a book about cockfighting. If you haven't been in Oklahoma long, yes, cockfighting was legal in this state. Uh, and a big reason Steve Largent wasn't elected governor was because cockfighting was on the ballot that year. So hold on, I don't want to go down that rabbit trail, but uh, Steve Largent was a good friend of mine, still a good mentor. But this was the quote that he, 17 years ago, he crisscrossed the state. This was on TV ads, radio ads, our greatest export is not wheat, oil, or gas, it's our kids. And we all clapped, right? We all, oh, that's great, that's a fantastic line. 17 years later, this is far more relevant than it was 17 years ago. I got four kids that are going to be forced to grow up in this state because we're not going anywhere. But then they're going to have decisions to make, right? They're going to go to college. If they go to college, do they want to go to college here? If they go to college here, are they going to be able to find a job here and then raise their own families here? And I know you in this room, whether you have kids or grandkids, get that. And we hear politicians, right, say it every, well, it's about the, about the next generation. Well, I get that. <laughs> I didn't get it when he first said that in 2001 because I didn't have four kids and we didn't run a business. But I get it now. I, I get that now and it drives me every day uh, to make sure that we are going to create a state that our kids can be proud of 
Because I think we're really, in this state, the real dangerous thing in this state is that we got kids growing up right now that don't really have a whole lot of pride in their state. And they don't have pride in their state in middle school or high school. They're not going to choose to go to college here. And they don't have college here. That boomerang effect is not happening in this state. And, th and that is a harsh reality, but it also should be a pledge to us for us to get to work. Uh, and, and, and to really point our fingers uh, as well as ask the tough questions of those politicians that are looking to run either for re-election or winning to get in the arena. Republican, Democrat, or independent. Uh, and, and now is the time to do it. June is the primary, next June. So this is a marathon, but we have to run it like a sprint. But June is the primary. If you're a registered Republican, you can vote in the Republican primary. If you're an independent, you can only vote for independents or Democrats. Republican primary is a closed primary in this state. Please know that. If you're a Democrat, you cannot vote for Republicans in primaries. So it's kind of unique in this state. But you're going to have 10 statewide races on that ballot. It's going to be a very long ballot with a number, of, a number of state questions as well in November. And it's time to get educated on the candidates that are running uh, as well as those state questions, um, uh, not just in this county but across, uh, across the state. Uh, can't thank you enough uh, for, for giving me a few minutes to, again, speak to the premier lunch club uh, in the state. Uh, I will certainly uh, be here, and I'm going to open it up for some questions as well. Uh, I have some cards. Uh, I am running and, and would love to talk to you more about that. Uh, we're going to do it the right way. If you want the status quo, I'm not your guy. Uh, and and uh, you should be asking some other candidates the same thing. We've got to make some changes in this state. Uh, and, and people that are in it for the right reasons, uh, that have a passion to move this state forward in the right direction. So with that, thank you all very much, and thank you, Matt. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.